Today on the show, I'll be chatting with actor Phil Davis. Now, Phil has been in a range of shows and everything from My Family to Whitechapel, and I'll be talking with him about his acting career, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Benjamin Mayer McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and joining me on the show today is Phil Davis. Now, Phil, uh, some of you would know from Sherlock, the uh, the series of Benedict Cumberbatch, where he played the uh, the taxi driver in the very first story, uh, or from Whitechapel, where he was one of the leading characters for the, the run of the show, and I'll be talking to him about all those roles he's played. And then I've got a whole lot of movie reviews, as well as DVD reviews from both Roadshow Entertainment and Mad Men Entertainment, so make sure you stick around after the interview. So here's my guest for today, Phil Davis. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me today. Well, it's a great pleasure. Thank you. Now, who or what inspired you to become an actor? Do you know, it's a very difficult question to answer, because I decided I wanted to be an actor when I was very young, I mean, nine or ten, when I was still at primary school. And, uh, and it wasn't any one thing that inspired me. I had, I had never seen a play. I didn't really go to the cinema. But um, I had a facility for reading out loud, and I wasn't shy, and I liked showing off. And I think uh, a teacher said to my mother at a, uh, a parent-teacher meeting that um, I was a born actor. And it just kind of stuck in my brain. And, uh, and from that moment on, all through the secondary school, it was all I ever wanted to do. And later on, of course, I joined the, you know, the Amnesty Dramatic Society, and I did school plays and everything. But it became an absolute obsession with me. Mm. So can you talk us through your career journey? Well, um, as I said, I, I got into the National Youth Theatre when I was 16, which is an amateur organisation for kids. And, uh, and I did three seasons with them. I didn't go to a drama school. I would have uh, liked to have gone to drama school, but uh, my parents uh, weren't well off, and so we couldn't afford the fees, and I wasn't eligible for a grant. And, um, and I was just, you know, uh, getting the stage newspaper and answering adverts in the back. And, um, and I managed to get a job at Stratford East with a very um, distinguished theatre director called Joan Littlewood. And she took me on ostensibly for one play, but then she kept me, she kept me on for a year. And I, I stayed with her. And, and working with her, she was so idiosyncratic. It was actually an advantage not having trained formally because uh, she worked in such a bizarre manner. And, um, and that, was, uh, that was my first job, and that kind of launched my career. Mm. So was there one project or experience you saw as a turning point for your career? Um, well, after Stratford East, I went up uh, and did some repertory up in um, Lancaster, um, in, in the northwest of England. And I came back to London, and uh, I spent a few months kicking my heels, a few years really kicking my heels, uh, getting the odd job here and there. But there was one um, part in a play called Gotcha, written by a man called Barry Keith. Um, and it was done in a tiny theatre in the West End called the Soho Poly. And it was at the time of what they called the Great Education Debate when, um, in the early 70s, when all the schools in, in England were being turned into comprehensives and they were abolishing the grammar school. And this was a, a play about a kid on his last day at school in one of these huge comprehensives um, who kidnaps uh, a teacher and the headmaster 
and holds them hostage in a laboratory with a lighted cigarette over the petrol tank of a motorbike and lets them have it you know, because he's a dead-end kid and they don't even know his name and he's got this report that says he's going to uh, he's going to do nothing in his life and uh, it was a great sort of primal scream of rage and it caught the imagination of a lot of people and it was a very uh, big success and also I did it on television as a play for today and that was the first big success that I had and uh, and after that I kind of felt that I would be all right. Mm, well it certainly sounds like a very interesting project. Yes it was and uh, it was uh, a wonderful play it was sort of caught the zeitgeist you know it um it was uh, it was the sort of thing that was in the news and uh, and caught a lot of people's imagination. And also, it was at the time of um, uh, of punk music. This was 1977. Punk music was just starting, and it was something like the equivalent of a uh, the theatrical equivalent of a punk record. Really, it was very angry. It was short, and it said, you know, what about me? <laughs> and uh, and so it sort of um, you know it made a dent in in the. Uh, in the um, theatrical landscape of uh, of London. Hmm. So, what would you say has been your favourite project to work on so far? Oh well, I don't know. I mean, I've been at it for a long time now. I'm in my forty second year as a as an actor, and uh, you know, favourite projects come and go. I've always enjoyed working with um, a director called Mike Lee, um, a film director, and I've done uh, uh, three films, feature films with him, and quite a few television films. Um, and he's a very interesting bloke. You know, he works um, without a script, and uh, you do um, an intensive workshop period over so- several months and build up a character, and uh, you never quite know what the thing's going to be about until it's finished. And that's always very interesting. So some of the projects I've made with him have been my favourites. There was a film called High Hopes, and uh, and more recently a film called Vera Drake, um, which was about 10 years ago. And uh, they're among my favourite projects. But there have been lots of them, really. You know, t- TV projects here and there. I did a thing called 20,000 Streets Under the Sky, uh, based on some novels by Patrick Houghton. And there was uh, uh, a drama called The Curse of Steptoe, um, in which I played Wilfred Bramble, you know, from the, uh, from the Steptoe and Son um, uh, sitcom. So lots of things over the years. Mm. Now, you're probably most known in Australia for your role in Whitechapel. How did that come about for you? Uh, well, um, uh, uh, Rupert Penry-Jones is a friend of mine who plays uh, uh, the Chandler, and, uh, and he knew about the project, and he suggested me, and they said, um, the, the executive producer said, oh, well, he's already top of our list, so they sent it to me. And uh, we imagined when it started that it would just be uh, one-off, you know, the one about the Jack the Ripper. I didn't really think it would go to a series, but it did. So it came about like that, really. No big story to it. Mm. So what was the experience like working on that show? Well, it was good fun. I mean, it's a very spooky show. You know, it's the sort of, it's when the cop show meets the horror movie, really. <laughs> and, uh, you know, whenever you're doing stuff like that, there are a lot of corpses around in the morgue. You spend a lot of time giggling just to sort of lighten the atmosphere. <laughs> so... so um, given that it was so gruesome and so dark, it was actually very, uh, it was a lot of fun to work on. Mm. Did you find it harder to attract an audience being so dark and sometimes graphic? I think people love to be scared, you know. Um, but the, the, the White Travel was very popular here, and I think it was one of those shows where you know, you lock the doors and you pull the curtains, and turn the lights down, <laughs> and, uh, and watch White Travel. You know, people love to be uh, 
have to be terrified. Absolutely, and it was a very terrifying show. It was. Now, uh, speaking of other detective shows, you were also in the pilot and first episode of Sherlock. Now, the pilot itself was never aired, and there's always been some sort of, I suppose, mystery surrounding how the 60-minute pilot became the 90-minute episode one. Were you aware of what was happening at the time? Well, I mean, we made the 60-minute pilot, and, um, and uh, it was obviously you know, a very good idea to uh, update Sherlock Holmes and set it in contemporary London. It was a great idea, and it was a very good script. And then um, some months after we'd made it, I got a call saying that we were going to do it again because they wanted 90 minutes, and they couldn't just take the 60 minutes and add to it. They wanted to rethink the whole thing. And, uh, and so we went away and reshot it. I mean, I was delighted because you know, we did it twice. I got paid twice. <laughs> and uh, and um, the, the 90 minute one was was better you can actually get i don't know if you can get it in australia but you can hear if you buy the dvd they, they uh, include the 60 minute pilot as a sort of extra oh, that'll be very interesting i'm not sure if it's on the box set here i'll have to check <laughs> check it out it may be yeah i certainly will so what was the experience like working on what's become such a very very popular show well we didn't know when we were doing it that it was going to be quite a success i mean it's obviously um you know, a very good script, and uh, and Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin were very good. Um, but I don't think anyone had the idea it was going to turn in the, into the phenomenon that it has. I mean, it's it's hugely successful all over the world. In China, especially, have discovered it. And, you know, there's a lot of people in China. So, uh, but we we had no idea that it, that, that would happen when, you know, when we were when we were going about the, making the first one. You know. Hmm. Now, you're also set to appear in another Sherlock Holmes project with Ian McKellen next year called Mr. Holmes. Can you tell us anything at all about that? Well, it's from a novel, A Slight Trick of the Mind, and the, the idea is this is Holmes uh, when he's uh, really quite ancient, in his 90s, and he's losing his powers and, um, and struggling with, uh, with this loss of all these wonderful mental faculties he had. Um, it's a very nice film. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, directed by Bill Condon, who made some very good films, and uh, and Ian McKellen was wonderful, wonderful to work with. Mm. Now, in addition to Sherlock and Whitechapel, you've been in tons of very popular British dramas like Midsummer Murders, Doctor Who, New Tricks, Merlin, and Death in Paradise. How does yeah. the experience differ working on the various iconic shows? Well, I mean, they're all different, you know. Um, it's it's just my job, you know. I I turn up and uh, and play these these different characters. For me, the the real joy of it is um is doing the characters. You know, finding a, a different character. You know, playing playing someone with very aggressive one minute and then very uh, nervous and uh, unaggressive the next. That's that's what's really interesting for me. Putting my feet, if you like, in all these other people's shoes. That's what's so so fascinating about it. And, uh, you know, um, obviously the style of acting is slightly different in Miss Marple than it is in, in uh, the contemporary Sherlock Holmes or, uh, or in uh, any of the other sort of cop shows like New Tricks or anything like that. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's good and it stretches you and pulls you out in different directions. I mean, one of the things you need to do if you want to have a proper career as an actor is be constantly um, widening your range. You know, of the characters that you can play, and uh, you know it's just sort of 
more uh, more colours in your palette, if you like, and uh, and that's that's the, that's the joy of doing all these different uh, different gigs. So, how do you prepare before tackling a role? Well, it varies. You know, it varies on the uh, on the role. Sometimes, sometimes I do quite a, a deal of research if I'm playing someone who has a particular skill or talent. Um, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just turn up. I, I have a sort of instinctive feel for what I need to do. Um, um, interestingly, when I did um, Leak House, for example, the, the BBC adaptation by Andrew Davies of the Dickens novel, um, I started to read the novel and then put it aside because there were inconsistencies, there were differences in the script to the novel, and it started to irritate me. So I said to myself, I'm just going to do this the script and then when we'd finished the project then I read the novel um, so sometimes you know I do a great deal of research sometimes I just sort of sort of turn up and hold my nose and jump you know mm. well what show haven't you been on yet that you'd like to appear on well I don't know um, it's too late for Poirot because that's finished I never did one of those but you know all my all my career I've never been I've never done even in the theatre and I work in the theatre occasionally um, no, I've, done, I've never done classical roles, you know. I've never done a Shakespeare play or, a, or um, uh, an Ibsen or a Chekhov. So for me, you know, it's just these scripts drop through the door, and you never know what's in them. You know, you never know what it's the, it's it's the new writing that's interesting, the, the writers' uh, voices, and so um, so uh, you know, I just hope to keep working for as long as I can. Well, you mentioned that you you know want to keep working, but you always seem to be in work. So, what's your trick to stay so busy? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. But the trick to keep keeping working is, like I said, increasing your range, making yourself available, turn up on time, be sober, be nice, <laughs> and be good. You know, because you get these opportunities mm. if you're lucky and you've got some talent. Um, and you have to grab them with both hands and make sure that if you get a good part, then you make the very best of it. Absolutely. Now, next year you're also appearing in the film Age of Kill. What can you tell us about this project and your involvement in it? Uh, well, it's um, it's a uh, it's a film um, with Martin Kemp about uh, a man whose daughter gets kidnapped, and uh, they say that they're going to kill him if he doesn't do. Uh, some pretty awful things. It's a kind of gangster genre thriller. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so I have no idea what it's like. Um, but uh, I do I do a number of these uh, very low-budget um, British feature films, some of which never see a cinema and go straight to DVD. But if I like the script and the director seems like a decent chap, even though they're not very lucrative... Uh, I like to do them. Absolutely. So have you ever had to do any specific training for any roles you've played? Um, let me think. Yes, there have been times, uh, I mean, when I played, <laughs> when I played Wilfred Bramble, who played uh, Old Man Steptoe, I had to watch all the Steptoes <laughs> and learn how to mimic him. I mean, I'm not much of a mimic, but I had to do that. There have been times when I've had to learn how to look as if I can play a musical instrument, that sort of thing. I've learned some skills, you know. I had to learn how to ride a motorbike for high hopes. And um, in that film, I was playing a, a dispatch rider, you know, someone who delivers 
parcels and post to people. And I actually went out and uh, worked for a dispatch rider's firm for a fortnight, just so I could get the, the measure of it. Did anyone recognise you as you delivered their parcels? No, no, I was in disguise. I had this huge beard. <laughs> and I wasn't so famous then as I am now. <laughs> so what would you say is the most difficult role you've ever played? The most difficult? Mm. Gosh. Um... I don't know that I can answer that question. I don't know. Um, sometimes they all seem difficult, and none of them are difficult. It's a, it's a curious thing, you know. Sometimes you go in and you think something's going to be impossibly difficult, and it turns out to be very easy. Some things uh, you think are going to be fun, and they turn out to be not fun at all, but there's no correlation. You know, sometimes the best things are a pain in the bum to do, and, and, uh, and the things you have a great deal of fun on don't turn out well. I mean, it's it's always nerve-wracking going into the theatre. You know, I did a play at the National Theatre a few years ago called Philistines, which was an adaptation of a Maxim Gorky play by Andrew Upton, who's an Australian. And it was very good. And that was that was quite a challenging role. This man, a uh, uh, monstrous patriarch, who was always ranting and raving at his children, long speeches, taking out the real lick. So that was um, that was a challenge. Hmm. So you've, you've mentioned you've done some work in the theatre. So which medium do you prefer? Well, I think, I think of myself primarily as a screen actor. Really. Um, I was always interested in films. And, uh, you know, I directed uh, uh, two feature films myself and some, and some television. Uh, one of the Prime Suspects, Prime Suspect 5, was mine. I've always been interested in, in, in films, drama, you know. Uh, and I'm, I, I think probably that's my first... Like, it wasn't my first love. My first love was the theatre, but um, I was uh, I was tempted away to the screen, <laughs> and that's uh, that, that, that's I prefer to. If you ask me whether I'd rather do a play or a film, it would be a film. So, what would be your ideal project to work on if you could create any show? Well, you know the um, again, it's something I never know. You know, it's, I get surprised. I get, sometimes the script drops through the letterbox and, and, and they, they want me to play a character. And I, I, I'm shocked because I thought, I think to myself, well, I never would have thought of me for that. And that's when it's a real challenge. You know, when it's something, uh, something you haven't done before, a character the like of which you haven't played before. That's when it's, uh, that's when it's really sort of challenging. You think, gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to um, embody this? Particular person, and uh, and then it's a real challenge. Mm. So, how would you say the industry's changed since you first became involved in it? Well, it's changed enormously. Even over the last ten years, it's changed enormously. It's very much more difficult for uh, low-budget independent feature films to have uh, a future. You know, to get into the cinema and to get proper distribution worldwide. 